The Stranger Things Podcast, Season 3, Episode 7, The Flayed. Excuse me! What? Do me a favor and move your lover's quarrel elsewhere, okay? Oh, no, 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 this? No, no, no. Not a lover's quarrel, pal. Spare me! What is your problem? Please, stop talking! No! We have had a very long day. We have been shot at, nearly blown up, walked God knows how many miles in 100 degree heat, stole a car, all while being chased by this gigantic psychopath, all so we could bring him to you. Because somehow you're the closest person who speaks Russian, which I can't believe, but that doesn't matter because unfortunately we're here. So if you don't mind, put that thing away. Stop behaving like a jackass and ask him what he's doing that's making my magnets fall off my damn fridge. Please. Hello and welcome to the Stranger Things podcast, a fan podcast dedicated to the Netflix original series, Stranger Things. Uh, stop, 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 I'm stop, Daryl. Stop. 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 <laughs> And I'm Addie. <laughs> you know, Addie, it, you might be surprised to learn that there was a discussion on our Facebook page this week about my intro, particularly or specifically the way that I say, ah. I didn't ask. I didn't. You already told me this. You don't have to repeat it. People like it. People like it. And so I said to you, you know what? I find it annoying the way that you give out our Facebook group. I have found that annoying since day one, but I've let you have that because it's your thing. So, turnabout's fair play. This is so annoying! <laughs> All right, well, we are so glad that you have joined us for this episode of the Stranger Things podcast, and I'm looking forward to talking about the flayed today. Addie, how about you? Me too. I tell you, this season is continuing to keep the bar at a high level. Continuing to keep the the drama and the tension, the suspense, you know, at, at a high level and keep the comedy at a high level too. This episode, I think, was a really good example of having a great amount of comedy and a great amount of tension all while building and moving the story forward. So really looking forward to chatting about this with you today. I agree. All right. So, uh, Eddie, why don't you tell us who wrote and directed this bad boy? This episode was written by Paul Ditchner, and it was directed by Yuta Breezewitz and guest starring Alex Ukoff as Alexi. You mean Smirnoff? No, I mean Alexi. Oh, yes, Alexi is his actual name. Captain Slurpee, my nickname for him. Okay, into the episode discussion. <laughs> All right. Wow, you're not even gonna you're not even gonna comment on Captain Slurpee. You're just gonna move us right into episode discussion. Yeah, I really don't want to talk about Captain Slurpee. All right, all right. Well, we will be talking about Captain Slurpee at some point, but let's start with the elevator crash. I don't know if I, I think I may have cut it out, but um, we mentioned earlier in the season that in our final episode discussion, episode eight, which will be episode ten for us we are going to talk about the things that I got spoiled on throughout the season, but I'll just tell you right now, I got spoiled on the fact that the elevator crashes and they don't get hurt. 
And the person that spoiled me on that is sitting across from me right now talking about this episode with me. I didn't spoil it for you. You spoiled it for yourself. I did not spoil it for myself. Yeah, you did. No. You said you you didn't pause it in time. That's right. And so last week when we were recording this episode, we we get to the point where the elevator starts plummeting and then Addie says, yeah, I mean, and then it just crashes at the bottom and nobody got hurt. That was surprising. And I'm like, did it? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, did it though? Yeah, it did. And all I saw was, I, so I didn't get the episode four stopped in time. Right. And so episode five started and, but all I saw was them still plummeting. I got it turned off before they ever hit the bottom. I never knew what happened when they hit, when they came to the bottom of the shaft. You spoiled that for me. Okay, that's, that's your problem. <laughs> Pretty minor spoiler. I'm not upset. But what does upset me is Erica. We are five episodes into this season and she is still getting my last nerve. Somebody needs to punch that girl in the throat. She's funny. I don't... <laughs> I don't get why you don't like her. She's funny. She's annoying. Hopper's more annoying. Hopper's annoying too. Certainly going to talk about that because I've got a theory on that or not really a theory, but some, I've got an observation. But anyway, no, it's the same thing I've been saying all season. It's every line she, every, every time she speaks to someone, I don't want to say line. I keep saying line and that puts it on the actress. And I don't, I don't mean to do that because I I believe the actress is doing the performance that she's being asked to deliver. But the character of Erica seems to not know how to speak to anyone without giving them attitude and sass. And there's a time for that, which makes it funny. But when that's all you have, it's irritating. And I've said that all season. I wish I could change my tune on her. I want to, cause I loved her last season. No, nope, she's still irritating every episode to me. Just, ugh. I love Erica. Yeah. She's like, she's funny. I want to love Erica, but I can't, I, I'm not there yet. I don't say I can't. I hope to by the end of the season. I'm holding out hope. She's not one of my top three, but I love Erica. Who would be your top three? Oh, I can actually say all of them now because okay. uh, Alexi's been introduced. Okay. So yeah, earlier in the season, you said there was someone you like, but you can't, you can't say who they are. So Alexi's the guy. Okay. Yeah. Alexi, Robin, and Billy. Okay. Well, I can't say about Alexi yet. Obviously, you know more about him than I do, but... Um, based just on, so adorable. Based on my observations and a theory that I have, I'm not surprised to hear you say that. Robin, definitely top three for me. Steve, top three for me. And maybe Dustin. I mean, I love that trio. Uh, trio because Erica doesn't count. <laughs> You're so mean. Wow, is uh, it because she's a woman? No, Robin's a woman too. So... That's probably my top three. I, I really like Max a lot. I really like Nancy a lot. That's probably my top five. So my top three, um, in no particular order. Yeah. Since I haven't like figured that out yet. Um, <laughs> Robin, Alexi, and Billy. And then after that, probably Max and I guess Dustin. Okay. So you left off Erica too. Nice. Okay. What? <laughs> I also left off Steve because just, Steve's not a real person. Oh, okay. I'm just making an observation here. Okay. So let's talk about Hopper and Joyce going to Hess Farm. This is where we first meet Alexi. And I think he's going to be a good guy. And there are a couple of reasons why I say this. I mean, throughout the episode, he becomes more and more endearing. 
when we see him, you know, in the back seat of the car, hitting, slurping on the uh, icy drink, with that cute little look on his face, I mean, he's he's got some charm and some endearment right then. But prior to that, even when we see him running away, he doesn't run away from them. He's running to the Seven Eleven. Like he stops. He's like, you know, he's not running away from them. It, it appears that he is initially, but I don't, I don't think he is. But this, uh, this scene right here, I think is our biggest clue that he's a guy that we're going to, to come to like, and most importantly, that we can trust. We see the two Russians down in the basement. One of them is wearing black. One of them is wearing white. And this is just a, you know, it's a trope, but it, it's been done since the beginning of film in black and white to establish who the good guys are and who the bad guys are. Good guys wear white. It's not always that case, but Largely it is. Alexi's wearing white. I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be an ally. And nothing throughout the rest of the episode led me to believe anything different. I know you can't say anything on that, but that's that's my observation on him. And uh, so this is our scene where we get to meet him. What were your thoughts on the scene, though? Because this is, I kind of, you know, went way beyond what we see in the scene. What we do see in the scene is the meeting of the two guys, the the guy who doesn't know how to walk quietly and then the big gun battle down in the basement. General thoughts on the scene here? I thought someone was going to die because like the Russian dude was just like shooting everything. And how did not one bullet ricochet and hit something or hit someone? Totally with you. Yep. You know, you would think if it's going to kill someone, you know, the the Russian in black, that would be a a guy to just shoot. No one cares. Right. Yeah. Because you're right. Bullets are flying everywhere, especially with the machine gun. I was surprised that it it looked like Hopper was really going to to kill um, Grigori. Gr- yeah, thank you, Grigori. I mean, if Grigori hadn't moved to the side, I don't know if he moved to the he, side or he moved. He shot the, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, Hopper he actually would have killed him. Yeah, that's a little surprising. I th- when Grigori was like, "You're not going to kill me because you're a policeman." Exactly. <laughs> Policemen don't just point blank kill people like that. I mean, he kind of has been terrorizing them. That's right. That's right. It's not, and he it's attacked not him twice. Been, yeah, it's not that it would have been without cause, but still would have been surprising. You know, yeah. Go for the knee or something like that, but to blow someone's brains out a little bit. Extreme. Yes, that's the word. Yeah, perfect word. So I was a little surprised by that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that speaks to anything regarding where Hopper is at right now. I think maybe it was just for dramatic effect. Although... You already mentioned Hopper being annoying. We're going to talk more about that, but interesting nonetheless. Something that I'm kind of putting, storing away in my analysis of Hopper this season. Because things are different with Hopper for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like season one, season two Hopper a lot more. Same. Totally. Yeah. I thought it was, I mentioned it earlier. I I, I don't know why they made Grigori walking so loud. I mean, that's done in the post-production team with the um, Foley artists are the ones who are, you know, making him, you know, sounds at the direction of the Duffer brothers and stuff. But yeah, but he's wearing like really, really big, chunky shoes. I don't like that word. Um, (laughs) He's wearing big shoes and there's like, it's hollow underneath what he's walking on. So it'd be louder. Plus he's like limping. So he, he can't just like, you know, walk quietly. No, he probably wants really to be loud. seen. People have been comparing him to the Terminator all season when he's walking like that. I mean, it's like, yeah, definitely seems yeah. to be 
you know, the Terminator. I've never, never seen the Terminator, but yeah. yeah we need to fix that. No, we don't. <laughs> I do think it's funny uh, what Hopper's nickname is for Alexi. Smirnoff? Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. And then Joyce is like, it's Alexi. Right. I love Joyce. She's so funny. And she's actually like, I like her better than Hopper this season. Totally. She's actually like, you know, doing stuff. Yeah, she's and she's funny. She's witty. She's sharp. And yeah, she needed to check the floor. And their escape right here, which is very tense. Like you know, are they going to get shot? Because Grigori is just blasting his machine gun, and the you know the windows are flying out of the of the truck and everything. And the truck's getting shot. Hopper is like freaking out, panicked, and Joyce is like intense, but like she had it more together than Hopper did. Yeah. And Hopper should be used to this. He's the cop here. And it's yeah. not like he's just small town cop. He used to be New York City cop, right? So it's weird. Hopper's being weird this season. Yeah. Wait, is he like drunk or something? Because he's not acting like himself. Like he was enraged the entire time. Yeah. I don't know. I So when we see them in the woods and like he keeps swatting the bugs away and nobody else is. It just reminded me of last season when we saw the trees that had all the bugs and the worms and the goop and all that stuff on them. And those trees that were doing that, that were impacted by the bugs, were the trees that were being impacted by the tunnels that were underneath them. And the tunnels that were underneath them obviously were connected to the upside down. And if you remember last season, you know, Hopper got... He almost died. Yeah. I mean, the, the vines were all over him and, and, and inside his throat and stuff like that. And I, I'm just wondering if that's not coming back as the mind flare is growing in power, if it's not having some sort of impact on Hopper and the him being impacted by the bugs or the bugs being drawn to him might be a clue that that's happening. I think that's a bit of a stretch, but... Like you, like something, Hopper's different this season. So. Yeah, I didn't think anything of it. Yeah, he's very annoying. So I mentioned I had a theory, not really a theory, but an observation. It reminds me of a theory that I had back in season three of Lost that turned out to be completely baseless. <laughs> and in season three of Lost, we see Jack and he's been captured and he's just yelling and screaming and he's super annoying. He's uncooperative and he's belligerent. And my theory was that they were writing Jack's character in a way to make him so annoying that when they killed him off, the fans wouldn't care. And that turned out to be completely false. Like I said, my point is, no, they didn't kill Jack and uh, what they were doing was just establishing something else. So on one hand, I want to say, well, they're they're making Hopper like this so that he's less endearing to people and they're going to kill him off for sacrificing. Kind of like I was saying earlier in the season that I've backed off of. But because of my theory on Jack that turned out to be false for the same types of things, I'm, I'm reluctant to say that. So I just don't know what's going on with Hopper, but he's he's very irritating and <sighs> unhopper like. Yeah, he's being so rude to Joyce and she's just trying to help. And he keeps calling him Smirnoff. <laughs> well, that's kind of funny, though. Yeah, you mean Captain Slurpee? So anyway, when Steve peed on the wall, that was pretty funny. <laughs> it was funny. And I thought it was just 
uh, throwaway moment. And then when the, the two guys came on, they're like, do you smell that? You know, I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Whenever they first said that, I was like, can they smell like that they were in there? Because I forgot he peed on the wall. I wonder what everybody else did. He can't be the only one that had to pee after all that time. Well, the girls probably held it in because they're not, you know, monsters. <laughs> Steve's a monster. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Fine. I don't like Steve. Yeah. Steve is so annoying. He's He's mean. awesome. No. You I mispronounced awesome. I, I don't like Steve. Okay, fine. Uh, one thing that surprised me in this scene was that canister, like we see Erica has it and she's trying to break it open so she can drink it again, giving attitude to <laughs> she's Robin funny. For no she's reason. funny. It was funny. She was like, uh, I want to drink this. Yeah. Drink it and see what happens to you. But when the guys come to pick up the, the freight and they drive off and we see them hiding up above and she still has it. I'm like, Oh no, they're going to, cause they, don't, I don't think they had driven off by that time. I'm like, they're going to see, there's something missing and they're going to get busted. It turned out that it actually ended up saving them. You know, that was their ticket out of the elevator. So yeah. I liked that. I liked that. I thought one thing and the canister came to have a completely different purpose in that scene. I liked that being surprised like that. So whenever they said that the people were coming or whatever, I expected them to hide inside the elevator mm-hmm. instead of on top of it. I don't know why that would be a dumb idea. They would get caught. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they probably would have gotten caught. I mean, I don't know if they took the entire freight. And I don't think that cart was big enough. So they're, it's. I think it is possible they could have hidden behind some boxes. But you're right. Choosing the right boxes to hide behind, odds aren't very good. Yeah, and especially for four of them being there. Yeah. We see, you know, after they get out, we get the answer that the green goo is... We don't still don't know... I, I think we do kind of know what it is by the end of the episode. I mean, we, we see it, it here. It is acid. It's like, yeah, very acidic. Um, but we do also seeing it being put into the cannon, whatever. What are we calling that? The laser. Laser. And so I'm assuming it's some sort of power uh, substance for that laser cannon. Mm-hmm. And that's what it seems to be. I liked Robin's comment. She was like, you still want to drink that? Yeah, exactly. Sassy pants. Maybe you should listen to me. Shall we talk about... The how miraculous and completely implausible it was that they make it through the long echoing tunnel without being detected. Because, you know, their voices are traveling down the tunnel where other people are. And then they get to the end of the tunnel. They make it through that big room of people without being detected. They make it into the one room where they fight the guard still being undetected even at, the end of the, yeah, even at the end of the episode when they're looking through the windows into the cannon room and no one sees all of them there it's a little miraculous that's all right i, I can mean, roll with it they probably the russians probably aren't worried about it because it's unlikely that someone will find their base right yeah sure <laughs> and then like a 10 year old 12 year old however <laughs> wait dustin's supposed to be like 14, 15. 14, 15. Yeah. So then 10-year-old, 15-year-old, and then like... Two 19-year-olds. Yeah. Although we don't really know how old Robin is. It sounds like she's only one grade level younger than Steve, yeah. and he's just graduated. Yeah, she's so probably a senior. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think so right. they're probably both 19. Yeah, or maybe she's 18. Yeah. Yeah. They mention Red Dawn at some stage, I think when they get to the room where they can see all the people. And that was a a movie that I mentioned earlier in the season of eighties movies 
that was Americans versus Russians. You remember me mentioning that? Mm-hmm. So I rewatched that movie this week. I hadn't seen it since, you know, it came out in like 1984. Oh, yeah, you're talking about how awful it was. It was terrible. It was so terrible. Yeah. It was so contrived and, and like one scene to the next made no sense of how they got to that scene and people making decisions made no sense, but it there were some enjoyable parts of it, of it. Sure. But yeah, it was so contrived. It was, it was terrible. So go ahead and send me the hate mail for those of you who love red Dawn. But if, if you're like me and you had fun, you, you have fond memories of red Dawn, but you haven't seen it since you were 10 years old. Go rewatch it as an adult before you send in your hate mail. Because if you'd asked me a week ago, I'd be like, yeah, Red Dawn, that movie was awesome. Now I'm like, oh, I wish I hadn't rewatched it. <laughs> All my fond memories are gone. Yeah. It'd be that way. Yeah. I don't know that I saw anything in the film that um, at this stage makes me go, okay, this is very Red Dawn-like other than we have kids as heroes and we have Americans versus Russians. So and Justin literally says Red Dawn. Um, okay, Dad. Well, I know. Yeah, of course. I, I, yeah. Okay, Steve wins the fight. You mentioned this. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on this? That was funny. Justin's just like oh, Steve. You did it. You want to fight? <laughs> when we were talking about Steve not winning a fight, was it just last week? I think so. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. It should have seemed as though it were serving as foreshadowing like Chekhov's gun. Have we ever talked about Chekhov's gun in this podcast? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I didn't see it. I didn't see it serving as as either of those as a foreshadowing uh, or, or a type of Chekhov gun. And I should have, and I'm glad that I'm glad that he finally won a fight, although kind of lucky if we're being honest. Yeah. I mean, he just used the phone and like smashed his head. Yeah. And the desk kind of worked in his favor, too, because the Russian guy hit his head on the desk. And Hey, yeah. but it worked. I mean, so what you're saying is Steve can't actually want to fight. No, he won. No, he, he can't used, actually want to fight. He used his resources. <laughs> he won. <laughs> when you cheat on a test. I just wouldn't, you know, put my faith in Steve to win another fight. Mm-hmm. Like, I would put my faith in Robin before I would Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Remember, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it was good. I'm glad he won a fight. So then Nancy, Jonathan, and all the kids get together and compare notes. I thought it was so dramatic how they, like, open the basement door or whatever, and they just stand there for a second. Like, that was so dramatic. (laughs) I didn't think about that, but you're right. I just love... We talked about this a little bit last week because last week we got... The younger kids joining up where Max and Eleven joined with Mike, Dustin, or Mike, Lucas, and Will. And then we talked about how good that was to get the groups together, compare notes, and they were successfully able to perform a test to figure out if Billy was flayed. Now they've they've called in Jonathan and uh, well, I guess they didn't call in Jonathan and, and Nancy, did they? Like Nancy called Jonathan to find out if Will was safe which led them to find out where Will is. Am I right on that? Yeah. Yeah. Because he was like, why wouldn't he be safe? Yeah. I love the way that Charlie did that scene. Like his facial expression, why wouldn't Will be safe, was so good. Yeah. Love that. Because Will's not allowed to be safe. This is Stranger Things. (laughs) Well, you imagine how terrifying that would be, you know? 
but I do love that they all, all three of these groups that were once three groups have now joined into one group and they're sharing information. This is so anti TV and it's so, it's so nice to have some logic and some practicality being written into the storyline here Mm -hmm. because they're able to make some really good progress this way. And maybe it's because it's like, if it were a 23 episode season, maybe they wouldn't have done this so soon. Right. And that's what strings things along. But this makes more sense and I like it. It bothers me whenever they find blood and then they touch it. Like, me too. Like, I just, Nancy, I, yeah. this looks like blood. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like that. That bothers me. Like, I'm so with you. You could get sick from that. Like, what are you doing? I know. Now, this is early 80s, uh, mid 80s, but still like AIDS is still not fully understood and stuff. And so I think with AIDS, that wasn't the first thing that we knew that could be carried through blood. But we certainly didn't understand that back then like that was just starting to kind of be understood so in her defense blood may may have been seen a little bit differently back then than our context now and it was also probably fake blood well of course it was that (laughs) (laughs) but i'm talking about the character of nancy here not the (laughs) actress of natalia Uh, (laughs) but yeah i was totally with you like don't touch that so gross put some gloves on yeah. It also bothers me when uh, a character is at the hospital and then they have like equipment and stuff on them and they just leave the hospital. Like Miss Driscoll? No, because we didn't like see her exit. But yeah. um, like before uh, she leaves, she's on like, you know, breathing tubes or um, I think like she does. IV or something. Yeah, yeah, she had like an IV. And so like if she was just lying down and then got up and just left like without like... <laughs> Take like they're trying to help you, and then you just like take it off. That bothers me. It does bother. Makes me cringe when somebody just rips an IV out of their arm. Yeah, because I think about when I give. I've never had an IV, but I've given blood, and I can't imagine reaching down and pulling that needle out of my arm. Oof, that makes me cringe. Needles don't bother me, but I just if you're in the hospital, just stay in the hospital. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, so you mentioned that she's touched the blood. They they go to Tom's Clues. Nancy Drew, it's the best nickname. I know Bruce is trying to be rude when he calls her Nancy Drew, but he's right. She's awesome. She's a great detective. She finds the blood on the carpet, and they see all the chemicals that they've been likely eating. They find they yeah, trace. Yeah, they just had a really good cleaning spree. <laughs> yeah. And they trace the clues to the garage and they find some rope. And so they determine that they've probably been tied up and taken somewhere. Yeah. How did they, why, I don't get how they knew that it was, like, they said they, like, how did they knew it was more than one person that was taken? Because they didn't know that the mom was taken too. They they knew about Tom or they assumed Tom and, and this just proves their theory, but yeah. they didn't know about the mom. No. That's true. I think, though, that they're probably working off the assumption that if Tom hasn't been reported as being missing or having something wrong with him, then we know that that if Heather and Tom have been flayed, then it's likely that the mom was probably flayed, too. Hmm. What was her name again? I don't know. I want to say it's Linda, but I know it's not Linda. Hold on. I'm just going to... Janet. You were way off. I know. I, I don't know why I thought Linda. I, I, I knew it wasn't Linda, but I don't know. 
So, yeah. That's right. I'll give you a pass. Earlier when I was asking you about Alexi, you knew the actor's name off the top of your head. So (laughs) that is true. I will give you a pass on not knowing Janet. And I didn't know Janet either. Um, Let's talk about Jopper and a 7-Eleven. This is so funny. It's a great scene. They just go in there, start drinking the stuff, and the dude's like, are you going to pay for those? <laughs> I love how Alexi's over there like with his hand and the Slurpee machine. Oh, yeah. And he just eats yeah. it. And he still has his handcuffs on, so he was just like trying to drink it. Yeah. And then he's like, ooh, cherry Slurpee. I like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's great. So much comedy in this scene. And even the subtle things like the Todd father license plate, the mannerisms when Grigori comes in and smashes 7-Eleven guys down onto the snowball uh, (laughs) hostess Uh, snowball thingy. I'm surprised he didn't, or actually I'm not that surprised that he didn't kill him, but I don't know. I'm surprised that he didn't like hurt him more. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I just love, you know, we talk about Hopper being a jerk. I still love though the the banter between Hopper and Joyce in this. Even when uh, Joyce comes out and Hopper's already said, I'm going to have to commandeer your vehicle. We've got a guy who's a child murderer here. And and she comes out at first like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, yeah, Detective Byers. Oh, and he, like her, she like bows up oh, her yeah, chest I saw and that. cocks her hip. And like, oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> It's awesome. It's really funny. I like how she just like went along with his lie. Yeah. Like, so. <laughs> Although she was going to make him a counterfeiter when Hopper's got him as a child murderer. Same thing. <laughs> Murray Bowman's. More comedy gold, right? Yeah. He just like calling, calling out every couple. Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't been wrong yet. I mean, there's only one other time. Well, but he, yes, in terms of the lover's quarrel, but he pegged Nancy individually and her issues and Jonathan individually and his issues and then them two as a couple. So this is kind of the fourth prediction we've seen him make. He's better at predictions than you are. Okay, fine. Not wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong. Although my max theory has yet to be disproven, unlike yours wasn't even a theory. It's just a bad observation about the wrist rocket. It was true. (laughs) In backwards world. um, So we played the clip of Joyce telling off Murray. That was awesome. That was so funny. And I loved at the end. She's like, Please. <laughs> I know. And like, like whenever they walked out of the mayor's office yes. and she says yes. to, to the receptionist, have a good day. <laughs> yes. She's so, very polite. Yeah, she is. <laughs> I just, I loved Hopper's look to Mary after she says that she gets done yelling. She says, please. And then they just look at each other and Hopper's like, I can't do anything about this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That was great. Yeah. And Murray was funny too the whole time, and then like the way he answered the door with the gun. Oh yeah, that was so funny. The metal detector thingy, and yeah, yeah. He he just like he has a gun pointed at Alexi, and then Alexi calls him a bald pig, and he understands <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, busted. <laughs> uh, I'm glad we have Murray back. I'm not surprised. You know, it's kind of like Mr. Clark. They found a way to bring him back this season. I don't. I don't think we're done with Mr. Clark yet. I. I certainly hope not, but I'm glad we got some some Murray, and I can't wait to get more of him this season. Yeah, 
He's funny. I mean, I'm assuming we will because they haven't left his house yet. But Okay. So Nancy, Jonathan, and the kids go to the hospital. Worst receptionist ever? Oh, yeah. She's talking on the phone to her friend. And she only, she notices whenever they're trying to go up more than two at a time, but she doesn't notice whenever Nancy's trying to call her. Yeah, that's her job is to monitor the systems in the hospital so that she can help patients when there is need. And now this isn't a patient when Nancy tries to call, but still, it's the emergency line or whatever. It's a red phone. I'm guessing it's an emergency line. She's completely oblivious. You have one job, lady, and it's not talking about pie and who's coming to your house. Exactly. I was kind of surprised that, like, so after they discovered that Miss Driscoll is gone, or, yeah. Yeah. I was surprised that Tom was there. I didn't expect anyone to be there, really. I kind of just thought they would get out. Yeah, this confused me as well. I, I think I got a little bit better understanding on my second watch. Because they said that they were expecting her to come back, which that explained it. But I wasn't expecting to see Tom or Bruce there. Right. Yeah. Well, and at first, you know, we see, I don't remember which one we see first, but his hands are covered in blood. And even Jonathan was like, whose blood is that? Yeah. And it's an important distinction because later we see Nancy stab Bruce in the shoulder and he doesn't bleed. He oozes. I mean, we do see it's like green. a moist substance coming you out of him. You did not have to say that. <laughs> but you're right. It's green if I had to pick a color. Definitely not blood. You know, we see them punching their hands through windows. And we see, again, their arms and stuff are wet because they're shiny. But is it is it sweat? Is it the blood from they, what they had? It could have been sweat because remember when Tom was really sweaty? They're very sweaty. Yeah, their their shirts are just packed with sweat. Mm, yummy. Yeah. But we do see, as they're running, we see probably three different victims in the hallway, all very bloody. So I'm assuming the blood we saw initially was from one of those victims. Yeah, but like, they were killed. They weren't flayed. Totally. Which is weird, because usually, you know, like, Billy took Heather, and they took her parents to get them flayed, but they just killed those people instead of getting them flayed. I'm guessing they got in the way. Maybe they were trying to get Mrs. Driscoll out of there. I don't know. But here's my here's my theory. Well, uh, let's let's carry out what happened here. So Nancy and Jonathan are they get separated right and they're both trying to defend themselves. Jonathan from Tom and Nancy from Bruce. Bruce was so creepy. Or they they both were, but Bruce yeah. was more creepy to me. Why was that? I don't know. I didn't I mean I didn't like him whenever he wasn't flayed. And yeah. now I dislike him more. <laughs> yeah. It was just so creepy because like he was like a zombie basically. And then he was just saying like creepy things like, I don't know. It's like he was an NPC or something. Yeah. Well, the way he's kind of taunting her and stuff like that, like Tom's not really doing that, but Bruce, well, yeah, he's kind of. Yeah. That's what was so creepy. From room to room. And yeah, you're right. We got a couple of scenes in this episode that we had seen in the trailer. One was Bruce, sweaty, nasty-looking Bruce, walking down this corridor of what looked like a hospital or an office building. We weren't sure. And, you know, the lights were dim and stuff like that. And the other thing we got in this episode was the very final shot we got of the monster, which we'll get to. I was kind of surprised. I didn't expect to see those 
scenes this early in the season. I like that. You know, the more we see of the trailer earlier in the season means that we, you know, for me especially, I don't know anything that's going to happen. There's still one or two scenes from the trailer that we haven't seen yet. I think we're going to get them next week based on next week's episode title, but I don't know. I don't know. I certainly don't feel like I know what's going to happen from here on out. I really don't. So Tom gets death by scissors to the throat. Yeah. And then Bruce gets death by getting, he got the fire extinguisher to the face. Yeah. I bet that felt really good for Nancy to do because he's oh, been. no kidding. Yes. <laughs> he's just like been bullying her and now he, he, she got to, you know, yeet him. Yeah. That would have been awesome if she would have looked over him and said, you've been extinguished. So anyway, after they just stand there and watch them turn into like they kind of melt and then yeah. turn into a little blob and they just you know go away. Yeah. The blob was kind of weird though because you see the one that was with Jonathan, I think. I think it was that one. After he turns into a blob, he goes like over some glass. So I wonder if it picked up the glass or if it just went over it. Hmm. I didn't make note of that. I don't know. So here's my theory. Why do you have that reaction? <laughs> well, every time you have a theory, it's not. <laughs> I've had several theories come true. One of which came true this week. We just skipped over it in our notes. Nancy and Jonathan are not broken up. They talked it out and now they're better for it. And you were right last week and you were like, he should never doubt her again. She said so much to him. So I was really glad to see that happen. So here's my prediction or here's my theory on what's going on with Tom and Bruce. So you'll notice that Jonathan was able to get the jump on Tom because Nancy got the jump on Bruce. Nancy hit Bruce in those big teeth with that fire extinguisher. And that made Tom recoil, which is how Jonathan was able to get the scissors and jam him into his throat. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of last week when Mrs. Driscoll went all crazy at the same time that Billy got crazy and all the veins started bulging and stuff like that. And of course we see the kids comparing notes this week or Nancy and the kids, you know, Oh, it's around nine o'clock, you know? So they are all of one, not just a hive mind. No, no, no. This is more of a, they're of one physicality. All the flayed are. And when we see Tom and Bruce die, die, quote unquote, they, melt as you said and then rejoin and turn into the monster looks like the monster that we've seen at the mill now that thing's always been cloaked in darkness this is by far the best look we've got at it but i think it's the same monster so my thought or my theory on that is that what we saw maybe from the moment they got flayed like when when tom showed up and fired nancy and jonathan like anytime we saw these guys after they've been flayed is not really them. Once the, once the monster flays them, maybe when he's sticking that thing on their face, he's reading their DNA, their memories and stuff like that. So that because it's a blob, it's an amorphous blob. And so it can then reconstruct itself and imitate and impersonate anyone that's been flayed. And this may may mean Heather and Billy, right? So Anyone that's been flayed can now be mimicked or cloned or what have you. So when we see Tom and 
Bruce die, it's not really them. I theorize that everyone that's been flayed is still back at the mill. They're unconscious. Maybe they're in a cocoon somewhere, or maybe they're just passed out in a room. I don't know, but I think they are all going to, I still think that they're all going to be awakened and be fine by the end of the season. Sure. Maybe one or two will die, but by and large, those that have been flayed will be fine by the end of the season. That's why when you hit one, it impacted the other because they're all one in the same entity. And that's why they melted away and rejoined into the big monster blob because it was really just the monster blob the whole time. That's my theory. All right. (laughs) (laughs) You do a very good job, might I say, of of not giving me any type of clues by your, the way you look at me when I'm giving you those theories. Cause you could, you, you, it would be very easy to look at me and, and give away something and, and you don't do that. So thank you. So I love the, that this episode ended on this big climax. Although now I, I, you know, that means I have to wait a week to go see it, but really good, strong ending of the episode, in my opinion, very suspenseful, love the action. And then they rejoin, create the monster, monster roars, boom, end credits. It was great. Yeah. That scene, or the, the whole hospital scene, was more intense than. Um, I always talked about how in season one, episode one, yeah. when you can see the demogorgon walking towards Will's house, and he like slides open the door. Yeah, yeah. I always thought that was like really intense. This one's more intense. I don't like this. <laughs> okay, I can see that. It was. It was just scary. And, but you don't like that. I mean, it's not that I don't like it. It's just it was, it was scary. <laughs> season three is a lot like more scary and gory than the other two seasons. I'm very curious to see what's going to happen with Nancy and Jonathan. Is that monster going to like? Are they just going to be able to run and out and outrun it? And also, we do see Will kind of. We didn't really talk much about the other group of kids that had to stay behind at the hospital. Will does start to pick up on the fact that the lights are blinking, and I think he can also just sense that something bad is happening. Mike and Eleven kind of make up. You know, they start the conversation, which is... Does your species like M&Ms? Yeah. That was a good line. Yeah. Yeah. I like how he turned something, like, bad that he said into something funny. Yeah. Nice job. Um, But Will definitely feels like something's happening i think the rest of them are going to be picking up on it any minute now so are they going to run to the help is you know 11 going to be able to hold off the monster while the rest of them get away is the monster going to eat the receptionist because she's still oblivious as to what's really happening i don't know i'm I'm really curious and you haven't spoiled it on me unlike last week so i'm happy about that i could (laughs) fine what was your rating for this week 10 extended families i was okay so i wanted to do cherry slurpees but i feel like if like anybody leaves feedback then they're going to say cherry slurpees so. same here <laughs> so i was like cherry slurpees and i'm like mm, we probably have some feedback that says that yeah yeah okay. <laughs> so funny you thought the same thing <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i did extended families and then okay so then i was gonna That's do a great one by the way that's a really good rating of the extended families. That was a funny moment that I, that we didn't even mention. So, oh yeah. Cause yeah. Lucas was just like, um, or Nancy was like, this is my family. And then yeah. Lucas is like extended. <laughs> we could be adopted. I mean, we, we, um, our, our CPA, which is a, a family that we've been friends with for 25 years. One of their, you know, we're closer with the kids. So one of their brothers and sisters is a black girl that they adopted. It happens. Are you saying Lucas is a black girl? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm saying. Lucas is a black girl. 
Anyway, what were you saying? <laughs> um, so then, yeah, so I was watching the episode again. Like, I finished watching it. I was like, okay, now I have to find something to make the rating. So I was like, okay, cherry slurpees. And then I was going to do stolen vehicles. And then you did that. So. I didn't say stolen vehicles. I said commandeered vehicles. That is the that is the proper name when you need it for official police purposes. You can commandeer a vehicle. Although I don't think Hopper had his badge. I think he was looked like he was trying to to kind of cover up what he like it didn't look like it was his official badge. But anyway, I give it 9.5 commandeered vehicles. That's nice. All right. Well, speaking of listeners and what kind of ratings they might have given, why don't you say we move into that section of our episode? All right. Well, let's get it kicked off with some written feedback. This one came in from Jennifer and she says, I was not a fan of Stranger Things when it first came out, but my two teen nieces came to visit right before season three dropped. So they were rewatching and I joined in. Wow. Such a great show. So now I'm finished watching and anxiously awaiting season four, LOL, and going through withdrawal. So I Googled Stranger Things podcast and you all popped up. Loving the podcast, just finished episode zero and episode one. I noticed your phone number has a 304 area code. I have a 304 area code and I just wondered where you are located. I live in Barbersville and I work in Huntington. Strange coincidence? I think not. Anyway, stay strange and looking forward to my daily commute slash listening. Well, Jennifer, we're glad you're listening, but I have bad news for you. We are not located in the 304, which I believe is West Virginia. Uh, West we, Virginia. <laughs> um, we are in the 405, which is an Oklahoma City uh, area. The reason we have 304 is when I started podcasting 11 years ago this week, um, we soon after needed to get, give listeners a phone number that they could call us and leave feedback on. And we wanted it to be easy to remember. And that podcast was The Fringe Podcast. We were pod- podcasting about the show Fringe. And so if you take our number, 304-837-2278, 837-2278, if you look at the traditional phone, those numbers correspond to TFP cast, The Fringe Podcast cast tfp cast and we were trying to find different things where the number would make sense and be easy for people to remember and the 304 was just one of those area codes because we it's a google voice number and so that's how it all worked out the 304 just so happened to be a number an area code that, that allowed us to do a memorable number with tfp cast so but since we don't do the fringe podcast anymore and haven't for a long time we don't ever we don't ever give it out as that now it's just 304-837-2278 so, sorry we're not located close to you, but if we're ever in your neck of the woods, we'll let you know. And we are going to be in a neck of the woods on the opposite coast later this year. Stay tuned to our news segment for more information on that. All right, let's move into some audio feedback. This is Justina. Hi, Daryl and Eddie. That was a fantastic episode of Stranger Things. I give it 9 out of 10 zombie reporters. The poll question for this week, will the Russians ultimately help our team will we have to join forces by the end of the season to successfully defeat the mind flayer 
please go over to www.goldenspiralmedia.com slash stranger things and cast your vote. Have a great week, and don't forget, keep your eyes open for all things strange. That's a good question. I gave my thoughts on that last week when we were talking about the comic books. My opinion hasn't changed, so I will be casting my vote on that. Um, last week's poll question Justina put up for us was, will Billy survive the season? Addie, are you going to vote yes or no on this? Try to think about if when you were this stage of watching the show. Okay, when I was this stage of watching the show, yes. Yeah, I agree. I, that's what I said is yes. And the vote is 77% yes, 23% say no. So if you want to vote on this week's poll question about the Russians and the U.S. joining forces, go over to goldenspiralmedia.com slash Stranger Things. This will be episode number seven, season three, episode seven of our podcast. And cast your vote. All right. Next up is uh, one of Addie's favorite contributors. Oh, it's Ben. He's, he steals my outro. Okay, so Ben T says... Hey guys, been here with my thoughts on Season 3, Episode 5, The Flayed. We now find out why, one, the rats explode, and two, why the Mind Flayer is so goopy. Plus, the, what I'm calling, Combina Gorgon is freaky. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Finally, Murray is back to interrogate Alexi. And, but until next time, stay strange. I like that. I like what he said. Uh... Is so Let me goopy. guess, you like his outro? I, oh, I like everything. I like the word goopy. I think I think you should change your sign-off to stay goopy. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. All right, maybe I will. Okay. All right. All right, thank you, Ben. Let's move back to some audio, and this is Yatological. Hello, Daryl Levy. This is Yatological. I want to know how much money Coca-Cola paid for all this product placement. I mean, like, it's everywhere. Anyways, on to more important stuff. It looks like the Soviet scientists have in fact opened the gate, and they've done it under Hawkins. I'm guessing that they choose to do it in Hawkins because they realize it's still a weak spot between the dimensions. The giant tunnel in the mall probably leads directly underneath the laboratory. My best guess about why they want to open the gate is still that they plan to use it to infiltrate the United States unnoticed. This plan would, of course, require that they have opened another gate back in the Soviet Union, which has not been confirmed or denied yet. On the investigation with Joyce and Hopper, we see the classic Joyce not being very helpful under pressure. She tries to throw Hopper the gun, but ends up giving it straight to the attacker. The same thing goes for when Murray runs the metal detector over Alexei. He's about to let an enemy of the state into his house, which probably contains countless precious secrets scattered all over the wall. Of course he wants to be safe. Sure, he could be a bit more respectful to Joyce, but that goes both ways. One final thoughts is it appears that Levin has forgiven Mike for the most part at this point. If Max questions why she's gone back to Mike already, I totally want to hear her say, I make my own rules in response. I don't know. I think Joyce is pretty helpful. I mean, she was the one that found the little, like, basement thingy. Because they had the dude after them. And then she, like, bent down and she knew that the thing was under the bed. So she's not unhelpful she just has bad aim okay <laughs> that was hilarious i've well, i had that in my notes and forgot to you know who has good aim the demogorgon no wait i meant lucas <laughs> i meant lucas <laughs> you know who has good aim no, 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 lucas <laughs> no no the demogorgon didn't do anything that's not even an argument like he didn't throw himself back
we might have. There's a more higher likelihood of that than with Lucas. Quit throwing things at me. <laughs> yeah, they're straw. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Yadalogical. And for those of you are, who are curious, his Morse code message this week translated to my own rules. Thank you, Adam. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Let's get back to some written feedback. I guess it's my turn to read. Lexi this time says, oh, oh it's not Alexi. It is not. <laughs> I could say it's uh, Lexi. Ahoy. Or I could say it's... Ahoy, Daryl and Addy. I'm Lexi. I am 15 and a huge fan of your guys' podcast. Holy cow, this episode was insane. The ending truly made me scared for Jonathan and Nancy's life. It's definitely one of my favorite scenes of the entire show. I really thought they were going to die, but we won't know that until the next episode, seeing the monster formed and looks hungry for humans. Also, I'm really loving this buddy cop duo thing we are getting with Hopper and Joyce. They work really well together this season. The scene where they go into the bunker and Grigori find them really gave me Terminator vibes. Definitely when he started shooting the gun at them when they were driving off. I know this theory sounds kind of far-fetched. Hey, kind of like all of yours, Dad. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But maybe Grigori could be a robot like the Terminator. I guess we won't know till the episodes go on. The last thing I wanted to add before I go was how much I'm falling in love with the Scoops troop. Rob and Steve, Dustin, and Erica all work very well together. See, she included Erica. I don't see how, I, how Erica belongs in that. She's not contributing in any way. I loved when Steve was trying to defend himself on how he wasn't a nerd and Robin was being sarcastic to him. That scene killed me. I would rate this episode 9.5 cherry slushies out of 10. (laughs) Can't wait to watch the next episode. And I hope you guys stay strange. See, called it. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. I'm glad we stayed clear of it. See, I was getting so annoyed with you. I read an entire big paragraph just so you would stop talking. I know. I have now discovered the secret to getting you to read. Ah, I wish I had discovered this sooner. This is a breakthrough moment for me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you, Lexi. Oh, this one's from Brandon. Uh, Otherwise known as Bradley. Dustin, do you copy? Over. Hello, Daryl and Addy. This is Bradley coming to you with another transmission from the Upside Down. You have the the Russian thugs line, which is a direct reference to Die Hard. To the police. You won't hurt me. Oh, yeah? Why not? Because you're a policeman. There are rules for policemen. And then Joyce overthrows the gun and the Russian thugs ends up getting it which I thought was pretty funny and she just is still on it about the magnets a magnet magnets do you know magnet 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 yes Yes, magnet right here we have her trying to explain it to uh, this new character we're introduced to and then later we see her trying to just yelling about at Murray about it we are also introduced to the worst character ever graced the screen of Stranger Things, we are introduced to Smirnoff, and there's nothing else I can say. We have a a clear Goonies reference here with Dustin saying, Holy Mother of God. That reminded me of the Goonies. Holy Mary Mother of God. And we finally get to see 
what this turtle ooze really does. It reminds me a lot of the ooze from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Kawabunga. Hmm? Huh? The the scene where Hopper, Joyce, and uh, Smirnoff go and drink these cokes in this in the store reminded me sort of like a dystopian uh, Coke commercial. It was a little weird twist on it. And yes, Erica, all commies do is cut corners. So you're completely right about that. I thought there were a lot more DC Comics references this season, whereas uh, I know that season one referenced Marvel and like X-Men more. So I thought that was interesting. And we got another cyborg reference right here. And if Murray would have just blown Smirnoff away, the world would be a lot better place. We have the hospital scene where you see the HMH on the side of the hospital, which is a direct reference from Halloween. And then you have the Kit Kat getting stuck, which the Kit Kat bars from the show have the exact same rampers as the one from 1985 and features the Kit Kat cash giveaway that they were running in that year. Just one taste and something unusual happens. Kit Kat, so good, you'll roar. So Elle is the E.T. of the group, and much like E.T. from the book, she eats M&Ms. I guess the people at Mars didn't pass up this opportunity, and Will is actually the one eating the Reese's species. I said that the rats had been used to build this amalgamation of tissue that was the mind flayer in our realm, but I guess it is using people as well. I'm still unsure on if the flayed will keep their forms or morph into this huge creature. I think that in the final episode we will get the flayed descending on the mall, but as soon as they are taken out by the gang, their matter will go to the center of the mall to reconvene into something big like from a Power Rangers episode. I didn't use this one last week, so I'll just use it here. I would give this episode nine, hopefully, unlicked ice cream scoops out of ten. Oh, dude. Come on, man. Not my scooper. But anyway, that's my thoughts. I can't wait to hear what everybody else has to say and to hear what you have to say. Well, I'm interested to see what you guys think. I don't have much uh, to say. That, I don't have as much to say this week considering I dropped everything last week in my predictions episode. Now it's just time to wait and just ride my train and see what And until next time, transmission out. First of all, how dare you? <laughs> oh, you've been waiting, all right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Alexi is so cute. How could you How could you not like him? Don't call him Smirnoff. Don't disrespect him like that. That was the name given to him by Hopper. Call him Alexi. That hit, that's his name. Clearly, Bradley needs some clarity on his opinion. Exactly. Alexi, because you and I can see it clearly. He's, yeah. Remember he's... that time you thought Bob was evil? Yeah. yeah this is... This is how Bradley sounds right now. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree. I tell you though, he has, I love all the little um, pieces and the audio clips that he puts into his feedbacks. And it's obvious that I need to go back and watch die hard because the, you won't hurt me because you're a policeman line was clearly as he demonstrated there a nod to uh, die hard. And I didn't pick up on that because it's been way too long since I've seen die hard. So I will, I don't I don't think it'll be like Red Dawn that if I go back and watch it I'll come back with a negative opinion of a of a currently loved movie. I think I will appreciate Die Hard all the more. I'm pretty sure Die Hard was in the office like towards the end of the I wouldn't be surprised. It's it's very highly beloved and it has Alan Rickman in it. Who? I think 
Um, Don't you dare say who after I say Alan Rickman. Who? Um, yeah, in the office, Pete, or Plop, he has the whole script memorized and he was showing Aaron. You don't watch The Office, do you? I've seen only a couple of episodes. Well, Bradley, hopefully you'll get your opinion uh, reversed on Smirnoff before the end of the season. And let's move on. Don't call him Smirnoff. <laughs> I was waiting to see how long it would take you. All right. Well, the next one here is from Charlotte. Hi, Addie and Daryl. It's Charlotte here for episode five, The Flayed. I really, really liked this episode, besides the fact that I'm absolutely terrified of that Russian guy. Um, yeah, that Russian guy, actually, I don't know if he has a name. I don't know his name. But the one who comes in and almost kills, the one on the motorcycle who almost kills Hopper and Joyce, like, four times. Um, he is so scary. Um, I like his accent, though, so that's nice. But, <laughs> um... That is probably, I know I said before that my worst fear is somebody coming into my house and beating me up, but I think my worst fear is somebody coming into my house with that scary gun and just shooting things. Um, <laughs> but Alexi, the only good thing about it is Alexi, because every time I watch anything with the scary Russian guy, I want to cry. He is that scary. I hate, I almost didn't watch the episode because I knew he was in it a lot and I, I didn't want to see him. But Alexi was there, and Alexi is precious, and we must protect him at all costs. There's no way that he really is wanting to be a Russian spy who works on that um, machine. But, he, you know, he just wants to, like, live a normal life and go to 7-Eleven and have cherry slushies. I, I, don't, I don't blame him. Um, I love how Hopper is just like, I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to steal this guy's car. It's cool. I'm Hawkins' chief of police. I can do whatever I want. Laws don't apply to me. Not true, Hopper, but he does it anyways. It's okay. It's not okay. Um, <laughs> and then there's 11, like the whole crew, except for Dustin, obviously, because he's in the Russian elevator, which is honestly, I really like those scenes because... Steve is just such a mom. He's such a mom. And I love how he's like, I'm going to lead this. I'm going to get us out of here. And I'm like, Robin's definitely smarter than you. You should let her figure some things out because she is 100% smarter than you. But, you know, he needs to protect his children at all costs. I don't blame him for that because, you know, I, I mean, I love his children. I mean, one of them is my children. I don't really know how that works. But, <laughs> um, but back to, like, the rest of the gang and Nancy and Jonathan, that was, those scenes were, like, with the hospital were, like, so just, I mean, this isn't, I'm making up words, this is so Stranger things E, you know? It's, like, that is what I think of when I think of Stranger Things, stuff like that with, like, the lights flickering and, like, people are dying and there's monsters and there's scary people that are, like, possessed. Um, oh, I know what I was going to say. The, when they go to um, Heather's house, originally like I think that was just I don't really know how I feel about it but I kind of feel like it was just too well like laid out like all the answers were right there in front of them like at first they go in the kitchen and they see like the chemicals and then that leads them to the kitchen to the dining room and which goes to the living room where they see like the blood and like the bottle and then the blood like goes into the hallway and it just was it all worked out too perfectly and they kind of got an answer really quick and I don't know, that happens a lot in Stranger Things, I think, but I'm not, I'm not, 
mad about it. It's just, it's just a thing. I don't know. But then they go to the hospital. Um, Eleven knocks all the snacks out of the vending machine. That doesn't have anything to do with what I need to say, but I, but I just liked that part. And <laughs> does your species like M&Ms? Yes. Oh, holy mother of God. I just need to say that. Okay, it's my favorite line. And <laughs> um, when they go, when Nancy and Jonathan are like fighting Tom and I forget what the other guy's name is, the other guy, I don't know. <laughs> um, he like, I was so on and off, like Jonathan's going to die. Oh, wait, no, he's not. Nancy's going to die. Oh, no, wait, no. And like everybody just kept almost dying, and then they then they killed them, right? And then you think everything's gonna be good, but no, <laughs> they exploded. Which I didn't need exploding rats. I definitely didn't need exploding people. I was not didn't want that. But okay, something I could have lived without. But whatever. And then they explode, and then they become this monster, the mindful. I don't know. Um, and that's how it ends. You're like, oh, shoot, somebody's going to die, right? Because, like, I mean, Nancy, I mean Nancy, can, Nancy can fight anything. She's, she's a great person. I don't know what's going to happen, though. So, what was I? Oh, my rating. <laughs> it's kind of, I said I was going to get my better ratings, but I, I couldn't. I don't know. So, I just gave this. 10 out of 10 cherry slushies because we must protect Alexi at all costs. I just need to say that again. Okay, that is it for this episode. I will see you for the next one. Bye. <laughs> I love that. I love Alexi. He's so cute. He's so pure. And yes, I don't know what Brandon was thinking. <laughs> yeah, totally. For sure. She reminds me, Charlotte reminds me so much of you. Yeah, except she actually likes Steve. Well, I didn't say you were perfect. Okay, I see how it is. Yeah. And Charlotte, we agree that they are our children. We have we have a schedule and everything. Also, does our uh, schedule or do our children include Steve and Robin and um, Alexi? Yeah, <laughs> and Alexi. Alexi. Yeah, is he one of your children now? Yeah, yeah. Alexi is my child. <laughs> That was funny when she was like, and, and Steve and I share a child. I'm not sure how that works. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure either, but uh, that was really good. Thank you, Charlotte, for sending that in. Let's move on to Jeff. Jeff. Transmissions from the Upside Down. Man, oh man, things are not looking good in Hawkins. We've got the Russians who are tunneling into the Upside Down, and we also have multiple Mind Flayer monsters with all these people who are being flayed. That scene where those two joined up in the hospital hallway was scary as all get out. On the lighter note, I am glad that we're seeing our couples getting back together, and and I loved seeing Murray again. I'm excited to see what he's going to bring to the table. I loved him seeing through Joyce and Hopper. And also Joyce really calling him out and getting the ball rolling. All right. Those are my thoughts. Jeff X-Force 11 is out.
Excellent. Well, it sounds like Jeff's on the same page as us. I'm like Bradley. Yeah, come on, Bradley. Come on, Bradley. No, no, just for that, we're calling him Brandon now. <laughs> All right. Well, here's a guy we call Chris. Hey, Daryl and Addie, this is Chris from New York State sending in feedback to the Stranger Things podcast, and I am actually doing something a little bit different this week. That's right, I've used my trusty time machine, also known as the internet, more specifically the Coke store, to yeet myself back to 1985 so that I could try the infamous new Coke for myself and share where I land on the argument. Am I Team Bradley or Team U2? Here is the moment of truth. It's interesting. I think I land more on Team U2. I don't think it's that bad. I mean, it's definitely different. <laughs> I would definitely say that it's smoother. It's also a little bit bolder, like it has more of a flavor. The flavor is stronger. I like it. I mean, I will admit that there's an interesting aftertaste. It's not necessarily a bad aftertaste. It's just interesting. But I definitely lean more toward Team U2 than I do Team Bradley. I don't find it disgusting. It's pretty good. Just wanted to share my thoughts on New Coke. All right. Thanks. I like how he said he lands on our side. Bradley, you're going to have to step up your game, man. Come on, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, it's nice to have you on our side. And it's no surprise that you and I align ourselves again. Happens all the time. I also like how we're getting more and more people who are putting in these little uh, you know, music interludes and intros and stuff like that. Uh, you guys are really stepping up your feedback game. Nice yeah. Well, speaking of people stepping up their feedback game, uh, we're starting to get some more feedback on Twitter, which we had one last week. I'll address it this week. My apologies. Maybe I should start there. It's with James Cooper. My feedback for episode five is the same as it was for episode four, but with an added best period episode period ever period. I am now going to lay down in a darkened room to recover. And so last week, I completely missed this. Uh, James sent in feedback and said, here's my feedback for the last 10 minutes of episode four. And it's 55 emojis. What are these? Are these like face melt, scream? What's the right name for this type of emoji? Whoa. I don't know. I don't either. It's, it's like gasping. Like <gasps> your hands on your face, open mouth. And then, so that that's what his feedback was for last week and then this this week. Same as episode four, but with the added best episode ever. I'm with you, man. I, don't, I still think I liked last week a little bit better, but these have been great episodes back to back. For sure. Thanks, James. And then Brian says, yo, guys, you should start listening to their podcast on Stranger Things. I'm listening to it right now, and it's good. <laughs> Content emoji. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Uh, all right, let's get into Facebook. Jeff says, I'm guessing the flayed eat fertilizer and cleaning supplies to help their bodies break down into ectoplasm. Besides the zombie vibe at the hospital, it felt like we are getting references to the blob. So my theory was that that the blobby people we see are just, they were never really themselves. Like their, their bodies are actually being stored somewhere else. And the, 
the thing is acting like it's them. Jeff is, if I understand his theory, is it actually is them, and the reason they were able to turn into blobs and stuff is because of all the chemicals that they're eating. And I don't have an explanation for the chemicals, so I, I think you could probably punch a few holes in my theory, to be honest with you. So Jeff could be onto something here, for sure. And then Roger says, uh, I never considered that good theory. I'd love to hear others. And then Dee Dee says, I got that vibe as well, Jeff. And uh, she went on to say, I was going to ask about the fertilizer. I just didn't pick up on that. But it makes sense. Can't wait to hear other theories as well. And then Linda says, am I the only one who found this episode underwhelming? It felt like Stranger Things is doing a satire of Stranger Things. If she's talking about all the humor that was in this episode and maybe overly so, then it could turn into satire. I mean, I can get that point of view. But I think it sounds like Mr. Bales liked it. So but that's okay if you didn't, obviously. Uh, and then the last one we have, Trevor says, R.I.P. the Hoppermobile. Can we have a moment of silence for the Hoppermobile? All right. That was longer than Bob and uh, Muse. Yep. Yeah. Wait, what was the only uh, other thing we actually gave a moment of silence for? I remember it was a long one, though. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> Must have been important. Uh, anyway, Trevor goes on to say, I guess the Cadillac is cooler. Anyway, I'm kind of wondering if the Russian Terminator guy is flayed, too. He's the only person so far that we've seen beat Hopper to a pulp. And in the first episode, we see him lift the other Russian comrade a few feet off the ground, choking him, similar to the way Billy did with L in the last episode. This can't be good. Ah, I forgot about that. I mean, it definitely adds to his Terminator vibe. And was it Lexi earlier that was saying that maybe he will turn out to be a, a robot? Something's going on with him for sure. It could just be he's like on steroids like Ivan Drago was in Rocky IV. All right. Well, that is going to wrap it up for the feedback this week. Thanks to everybody who sent in feedback and important announcement about this next episode. So we normally record on Sundays and normally the feedback deadline is noon on Sundays, but I'm going to podcast movement next Sunday. That means we're recording on Saturday. So... The feedback for the next episode, which is called E Pluribus Unum, is going to be noon on Saturday, August 10th. Feedback deadline for E Pluribus Unum is Saturday, August 10th at noon Eastern. Addy, how can they send in that feedback? You can send in your feedback at 304-837-2278. Our feedback page is goldspiralmedia.com slash feedback. You can follow us on the social media. Our Instagram is Stranger Things GSM. Our Twitter is Upside Down GSM. And our Facebook is www.facebook.com. So Stranger Things GSM. All right. Well, let's move into the Hawkins Report. All right. So we've got a couple of news items for you this week. Uh, this one came to us via Twitter. And it says Atlanta movie tours announces it's stranger things themed Atlanta upside down tour. And the website on this is so many shows.com Atlanta movie tours or AMT recently announced its brand new Atlanta upside down tour to treat stranger things fans to filming locations used in the popular Netflix series. The new adventure opens to the public on August 16th. 
AMT has been wowing TV and film fans with their tours since 2012. Popular offerings include trips to filming locations used in The Walking Dead, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and more. Fans love the Georgia-lensed Stranger Things. AMT is now ready to bring viewers up close and personal with iconic locations that have helped bring the series to life. Addie, what can they expect? Tourists can look forward to visiting several different Stranger Things locations, including the restaurant that's doubled as Benny's Burgers in Season 1, the Hawkins Police Station, um, Hopper's Cabin, the farm used for Merrill's Pumpkin Patch, the Palace Arcade in, uh, from Season 2, and more. <laughs> the tour runs for three and a half hours. At, uh, they'll put you on a bus, which leaves from the headquarters, and the AMT headquarters, I should say, which is in the Castleberry Hill neighborhood of downtown Atlanta. And then AMT util- utilizes industry insiders that bring unique insights, trivia, and behind-the-scenes stories to the tour guests. So you can book your spot now at the website, which is atlantamovietours.com. And again, that opens to the public on August 16th. So that sounds like something that would be fun for us to go to. Unfortunately for us right now, we don't have any openings in our calendar uh, because on fall break, which is in October for us, this is the other announcement I wanted to make. We're going to be in Los Angeles. So on October 17th, which is a Thursday, Addie and I are going to be at Universal Studios Hollywood, and we haven't decided how much time we're spending there during the day, which tour, which ticket we're going to buy for the day. But for the nighttime, we are going to Halloween Horror Nights, because one of the mazes that they have there is Stranger Things. They're also doing a Ghostbusters maze this year, which we mentioned earlier in the season of our podcast. So we will be doing, at the very least, we'll be doing Halloween Horror Nights at Hollywood Studios, uh, Universal Hollywood Studios um, on October 17th. So if you would like to join us for that, uh, please give us a shout via one of our feedback methods that we gave out earlier. We'll give those out here in just a minute as well. We'd love to do some sort of meetup even and um, uh, and just you know meet anybody who's out there. I know some of you uh, live out there. Some of you may also be planning a trip out there to attend. So if you are going to be doing the Universal Studios Hollywood, then we'd love to uh, connect with you. So um, Addison? Tell the folks uh, playing at home how they can send in feedback, but also let us know if they want to join us for that trip to uh, Halloween Horror Nights. You can send in your feedback at 304-827-2278 or goldenswirelmedia.com slash feedback. Um, you can follow us on social media. Our Instagram is StrangerThingsJSM and our Twitter is UpsideDownJSM. Our Facebook is www.facebook.com slash groups at StrangerThingsJSM. Well, that's going to bring us to the end. This was a lot of fun uh, today, Addie, talking about Stranger Things with you. I'm looking forward to next week, E Pluribus Unum, which is going to be episode six of the season. And we are almost to the end. Very cool. It's going by quickly. All right. Well, we hope you will join us for that episode as well. And until next time, stay, stay stri- goopy. Stay strange. <laughs>